Hello and welcome to our MEM podcasts. Today we've got Dr Nicola Cooper with us who's going to be talking about dizziness. Thank you. The first thing is there are three types of dizziness. Lightheadedness, vertigo which means a sensation of movement. Uh, it doesn't mean spinning and the movement can be you moving, your surroundings moving and the movement can be in any direction or disequilibrium. So when you go and see a patient with dizziness, in inverted commas, the first thing you've got to really try and figure out is are they, are they describing lightheadedness, presyncopal type symptoms? Are they talking about a sensation of movement, vertigo, or are they describing just something that's so vague that while they're describing it, you're getting really frustrated and that's what disequilibrium is. It's not that common, but it's important to know about. I'll come on to that in a second. Now, Lightheadedness is kind of easy, we all know about that. It's either related to posture or it's not. And when it's related to posture, it's often postural hypotension. Uh, when it's not related to posture, you often think about cardiac arrhythmias. It could be medication, it could be even stress. The thing that we really want to talk about today though is vertigo because that's the thing that confuses everyone. Vertigo, you can really divide into two groups. You're either seeing a patient with a single episode of prolonged vertigo or you're seeing a patient who's experiencing recurrent episodes of vertigo. Even saying, have you ever experienced this before? Even a milder version is a very important question because people have come to hospital because they're having a bad attack. And if you say, have you ever had this before? They say, oh no, but actually they have. This is just a very bad one. So when someone's got a single episode of prolonged vertigo, you've got to decide, is this vestibular neuritis? Is it an inner ear problem? Or has this person had a stroke? And the one way to decide is the HINTS exam. The HINTS exam is more sensitive than an MRI scan in the first 48 hours. The HINTS exam stands for Head Impulse, Nystagmus and Test of Skew. And there's some really good videos on YouTube that show you this. And if you also go to internalmedicineteaching.org, go to the resources page, you'll find that video under the dizziness section as well with some teaching slides. Eye movements are controlled by different bits of the brain, different bits of the vestibular ocular pathways, and careful examination of the eyes can tell you if, if this person's got a brain problem or an inner ear problem. So one of the worst things you can do as a junior doctor is go and clerk someone in and write nystagmus. <laughs> because if I come along the next day or two days later, of course eye signs all settle down as the brain compensates. I have no idea what you mean when you write nystagmus. So the first thing you do when you see a patient with a single episode of prolonged vertigo, there are some red flags in the history and then you have to examine the eyes carefully. The red flags in the history are headache, focal neurological symptoms or signs at any time and acute unilateral deafness. Those are red flags for central causes. Then we examine the eyes carefully to decide if this is a peripheral or a central problem. So the first thing you do is get the patient to look straight ahead and just with them looking straight ahead, you're looking for any primary gaze nystagmus. And if you do see any nystagmus, you've got to carefully document the direction of it. So remember, the direction of nystagmus refers to the fast beat. So let's say I'm looking straight ahead and you can see horizontal nystagmus just while I'm looking straight ahead. Um, you would write horizontal nystagmus in the primary gaze, fast component to the left. You wouldn't write nystagmus. That's mm -hmm. so important, as you'll see in a second. Okay, 
there may be no nystagmus when they're just looking straight ahead. So what you do next is you get the patient to look to the left and the right and you're looking for nystagmus. This is called gaze evoked nystagmus. And again, you've got to carefully document what you see because if they look to the left and they have nystagmus, fast component to the left, and then when they look to the right, they have horizontal nystagmus again, but fast component to the right, that's direction changing nystagmus and that is always central. So again, if you just write nystagmus, that is meaningless because in vestibular neuritis, nystagmus doesn't change direction. So even if you don't know what you're doing yet, document the nystagmus carefully so when an expert comes, they know what you saw, even though the eye signs may have settled down by the next day. Okay, so after you've looked for nystagmus in primary gaze, after you've looked for nystagmus looking to the left and the right, and don't forget, not extreme gaze, because normal people can have nystagmus at extreme gaze, so just 30 degrees to the right and the left. Also look to see if the eye movements are smooth or jerky. Jerky or saccadic eye movements are generally a central sign, although it can be abnormal in the elderly. The next thing we do is look for any skew deviation. So with the patient looking straight ahead, you cover one eye and then the other eye. And when you uncover an eye, you're looking to see if there's any corrective movement of that uncovered eye. And again, you've really got to watch a YouTube video to appreciate this. Then you do the head impulse test. The head impulse test is with the patient looking straight ahead. They're fixed on you, but they turn their head 30 degrees to the left, 30 degrees to the right. A normal person will have very smooth eye movements when they fix their gaze on you but turn their head to the left and the right. It's abnormal when there's a jerky catch-up saccade. And strangely enough, an abnormal head impulse test is good because that's what you get in a peripheral problem. So if you find absolutely nothing at all, then it's worth going on to do a Dix-Hall pipe manoeuvre because very rarely people with benign positional vertigo can have quite prolonged vertigo. So just to recap, a patient with a single episode of prolonged vertigo, there are some red flags in the history, and then you're looking carefully at the eyes to decide whether this is a central problem or a peripheral problem. If this patient has had a stroke, and by the way, 10% of posterior circulation strokes present with just vertigo in one study. If this patient's had a stroke, first of all, they may have vascular risk factors. Secondly, when they look straight ahead, there'll be no nystagmus. But when they look to the left and the right, you may see some gaze of hope nystagmus and it's direction changing. They will have a normal head impulse test. They may or may not have skew deviation. They may report in the history that for 10 minutes they couldn't speak properly, for 10 minutes their arm went numb. So there may be clues in the history as well. Let's imagine now we've got a patient with left-sided vestibular neuritis. So when they're looking straight ahead, they'll have horizontal nystagmus, fast component to the right. It will increase when they look to the right and decrease when they look to the left in amplitude, but it will not change direction. They will have an abnormal head impulse test on the left, that's a jerky catch-up saccade, and they'll complain of veering to the right. So there are very characteristic eye signs and they won't have acute unilateral deafness or any neurology or anything like that in the history. Now, there's a little health warning here. I used to run a dizzy clinic for many years and I used to have registrars with me for six months. It took definitely six months to understand all of this and learn how to do it. So just because you hear a podcast or maybe look at a few slides, it, it doesn't mean you've really got this because it is quite a difficult topic. So whatever you do, revisit the teaching material, see patients, 
get feedback from an expert, read a bit more in a sort of iterative process to really get the hang of this topic because dizziness can be quite difficult. So that in a nutshell is a single episode of prolonged vertigo. Now I'll just briefly cover recurrent vertigo. Recurrent vertigo, there are three causes. The most common cause of benign positional vertigo, followed by migraine, and that's without headache, it's migrainous vertigo. Meniere's is actually really rare and overdiagnosed. A lot of older people are a bit deaf. You know, Meniere's has to be really diagnosed with proper testing in an ENT clinic. So, benign positional vertigo, let's start with that. Very, very common, affects one in 10 older people. You get it because of degenerative changes in the inner ear or from a minor head injury. It classically presents with brief vertigo when you look up or stoop, look down or turn over in bed. And that's because the looking up and looking down is the posterior semicircular canal. You can get horizontal canal benign positional vertigo, but we're not going to talk about that. It's usually fairly abrupt onset. When waking up in the morning, you realise you can't walk. One day you realise that when you turn over in bed or, or you're looking up at shelves or hanging the washing out, you get brief vertigo, makes you feel ill, usually just for a few minutes. But it also presents with just my balance is wrong. They're walking a bit sideways when they're trying to walk in a straight line. It's really easy to diagnose with a whole plank manoeuvre and you can treat it really easily with an Epley manoeuvre. Migrainous vertigo, often they have a history of migraine, so always ask about that in the history. And then Meniere's is associated with progressive, usually unilateral deafness and cochlear symptoms. So that's noise and uh, rushing and pressure and all that kind of thing. So I guess just to finish with, we'll just mention this little thing, disequilibrium, that I, that I mentioned at the very beginning. Disequilibrium is when you're taking a history from the patient, they can't describe their symptoms. So they're saying things like, my balance is wrong, I'm dizzy all the time, whenever I turn my head, I go dizzy, I feel sick when I'm in the supermarket, I can't go up the escalator, patterns make me feel ill, I've been like this for ages. And there's a number of causes. First of all, it could be medication, it could be something called multifactorial dizziness of the elderly, which is a problem with vestibular system, brain, proprioception, eyes. Obviously, it could be neurological, but the reason I mention this is it could be something called a decompensated vestibular disorder. And I'll just finish with this concept because it's quite key. Anyone who gets a severe single episode of prolonged vertigo will be unwell for a few days. They'll be staggering about, feeling a bit sick, but eventually they'll get going again. They'll start to feel back to normal, but it takes many weeks. So if you have an episode of vestibular neuritis, it takes up to 12 weeks to fully recover. But some people never fully recover. So up to 20% of patients never fully get back to normal. They're sort of stuck. And there's reasons why some people might not fully get back to normal if they've got problems in other bits to do with the vestibular system. But some people are left with, you know, when they turn quickly and they feel a bit dizzy, their balance is not quite right. And so if you ever meet someone with this general disequilibrium, just ask them, have you ever had a bad episode of vertigo? And quite a few of the times they'll say, yeah, few years ago I was diagnosed with viral labyrinthitis or you know like I was told it was a stroke affecting my balance. These people need something called vestibular physiotherapy which is very effective. So to recap the topic of dizziness there's three main types lightheadedness, vertigo, disequilibrium. Lightheadedness is postural or not. Vertigo is either a single episode prolonged vertigo or it's recurrent vertigo. Disequilibrium has many causes and it can be quite difficult to figure out if you're not an expert.